We have a giant primetime Thursday night football game that could end up deciding the AFC West. It doesn't get more exciting than that. And especially with some big news, big COVID names on both sides that are going to be missing this game. Some big names that could play for the Chargers. But at the end of the day, the Chargers are the underdog going into this one. But if they follow the things that we have to tell them today, David, they might just pull off the miracle upset once again in primetime. Our Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons. We started doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. Now, this is our fourth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. And we've also been doing this podcast long enough to see the last miracle in Kansas City that time, David, that the Chargers were able to pull off in prime time, the two-point conversion to Mike Williams, which sent Chargers fans into a frenzy. I mean, it was the first time the Chargers had beaten Patrick Mahomes, right, in any kind of meaningful way and until Justin Herbert did it earlier this season. But this game has extra significance. Let me first, though, just tell everyone thank you for coming to the show today and thank you for making us your first listen. We very much appreciate it. And if you don't already, make sure to go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But on today's show, we'll be doing our keys for success. We'll start defensively, then get into the offensive side of things. And I think there's a theme there, David, probably similar to the Bengals game, even maybe a little bit more than that, where it's like certain things are going to have to go right for the Chargers to win in this one. Like there's just certain things that if they go wrong, you don't really think they have kind of a chance, you know, in certain aspects of their game. If they turn the ball over a bunch of times, right? If Justin Herbert doesn't have a good game, these are things that feel like they were going to stop the Chargers from winning this game on Thursday Night Football in a game where they have a chance to catch up to the Chiefs in the division, wins and losses-wise, and then gives them the ultimate tiebreaker to pull into first place in the AFC West. And at the end of the show, we'll get into the injury report with big names of COVID. Talk about the guys for the Chargers, Derwin James, Austin Eckler, considered game time decisions as of right now and also Chris Jones out for the Chiefs in this one that's you know their best defensive player so that's kind of big news as well but let's start with the Chargers defense here David and get into our keys for success going up against an offense who still hasn't totally looked right unless they're playing the Raiders and that was the biggest thing when I was watching the games <laughs> yeah, for the Chiefs seriously. it's like against the Raiders they absolutely blew it up but even against some bad teams that weren't the Raiders the Giants and some other teams like that it still seemed to be a struggling you know, offense for the Chiefs at time. They were still trying to find some consistency, and it still hasn't looked totally the same as the world-beater offense that we've seen before. So when you're looking at the Chargers' keys for success on defense, we're a defense who's had a couple of good weeks, you know, in back-to-back weeks, I would say, for the most part. Where would you start? Uh, it's be stingy on early downs. I mean, you really, really have to try to limit uh, the yardage that they get on first and second down because they do a great job of getting into those third and short situations. And if if they're in those situations, they're going to convert more often than not. So you have to really be stingy uh, and, and you really have to be sticky in coverage because Patrick Mahomes loves those off script plays. He loves to keep the play alive. So you have to cover from whistle to whistle. Yeah, that's always with this team what you have to do and I mean they have a lot of secondary routes right because they know Patrick Mahomes can get out of the pocket so their receivers are one of the best groups in the NFL as far as all right we ran that route that didn't work but we're gonna still you know assume that our quarterback's still moving around back there somewhere you know something that Jared Cook 
forgot to do a couple weeks ago when he, you know, against the Bengals when he wasn't paying attention as Justin Herbert threw a, a really nice pass that could have been a big first down. But that is huge with the Chiefs. And I mean, I think David just trying to contain Patrick Mahomes in the pocket is another thing to try Absolutely. to limit those, you know, out of structure plays, those off platform throws that he's so good at, the no look stuff. I mean, if it's like the no look he did last time against the Chargers, he can no look all the way, you know, into the hands of Asante Samuel Jr. Hopefully he plays, right? Can redeem or, you Please. know, repeat what he did in the last time against the Chiefs in his first game ever against Patrick Mahomes. But there's also some other things I think for the Chargers will be very important in this game particular, and I think that is turnovers, right? I mean, in the first Absolutely. game, you look back at the first game, the Chargers probably don't win if they don't turn the ball over four times against, you know, take the ball away four times against the Chiefs. I mean, that was just a huge part of that win. And over the last two weeks, one of the things we've seen this defense get back to doing is turning the ball over. And I think that's what covered up a lot of mistakes early on for an incomplete defense. And now six turnovers the last two weeks, four turnovers in the first matchup. I think that's huge in this game. Especially with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are two and four when they do not win the turnover battle. So it's very, very important that you take the football away. The and you know, the, the two wins that they did accumulate, one of them was against the Giants, which I, I don't I don't even count because <laughs> as we just saw, the, the Giants are, are not a very good football team. But yeah, definitely have to take the football away. It is paramount going up against the Chiefs. You need to get as many extra possessions for Justin Herbert as you possibly can. Uh, another one for me is attack the guard Trey Smith. Trey Smith, the rookie, uh, he's played somewhat decently this year, but that's a weak right side, and you want to line Joey Bosa up over him as many uh, times as you possibly can because Joey Bosa has made a living and made uh, made the lives of those guards a living hell uh, when he gets to rush on the inside. He's made a lot of guards like pretty silly. It just doesn't look fair at times. It feels cruel. It feels like somebody's getting bullied. Exactly. So definitely do that as much as you can. Uh, and also, you know, the reason why I said it was important to be stingy uh, on those early downs is because if you get them in those third and long situations, Daniel, that's when you can start deploying those exotic blitz packages that work so well with, you know, Drew Tranquil and Nazir Adderley and hopefully Derwin James coming in on the blitz and making just a lot of havoc for Patrick Mahomes to have to sift through. Yeah. And I mean, one of the nice things about Mahomes in particular is you can send those corner blitzes and things like that and safety blitzes, and it helps you out because you have a more athletic person trying to chase him down because he is a little bit slippery. He, he is, is more athletic than he looks. Like, he looks so goofy, right? But, like, he always <laughs> seems to do just enough to get the corner, right, to escape the grasp of someone. But at the same time, we saw him turn the ball over at times when the Chargers were getting pressure in that first matchup. And you don't do that unless you're getting him into those situations where you can maybe get him to hold on to that ball a little bit longer and just disrupt a drive, right? Get off the field on third down. Those are huge things that have to go the Chargers' way because that's stealing possessions, right? That's potentially stealing points. The other way you can steal some points is make them settle for a couple of field goal attempts because I do think that the Chiefs' offense is going to have drives where they – you know, find a way to move the ball, right? And teams oh, have yeah. moved the ball against the Chargers all year. But I think if you can not let Patrick Mahomes get on a big roll, like we saw in the last game, they scored 24 points in a row and started coming back in that first matchup, right? And you can hold them to a couple of field goal attempts and you're trading touchdowns for field goals. That's a way you can beat a big, t a good team like this because the Chiefs are pretty middle of the pack as far as scoring touchdowns in the red zone. So that is somewhere where you can have some success against them. They've had, you know, more success recently, 
But look at the teams that they beat over that six-game stretch, right? I mean, it's the Raiders twice. It's the Giants. It wasn't always the best competition. So I think that obviously inflated their stats a little bit. They can, I mean, like we said before, like the Raiders are the only games that they've had a total offensive breakouts, right? And they had some poor performances. So I think if they can Every stop other action, game, they're averaging about 18 points per game. So, I mean, the offense has not been world beaters up to this point. Well, and I think part of that, too, is just teams are limiting those explosive plays, right? And Patrick Mahomes can get frustrated at times when you're making him take it inch by inch instead of going for the country mile all in one throw when you have an arm like that and you have that kind of athleticism. That's frustrating for a quarterback like him. And I oh, think yeah. when you don't give him those easy big-time shots, first of all, it doesn't you know reinvigorate the offense if they're struggling, right? But it also makes them have to get through all the things that they struggle with at times. And I think if you just give them those big plays, if they get a couple of big plays, everything else starts kind of feeding off of that. And that's when they become really, really hard to stop. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the guys they like to go to a lot to try to keep things going and keep possession of the football is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And, you know, although Travis Kelsey's had a couple of down games the, the last two games, I mean, I think it's three catches around 30 yards, so nothing special. Yeah. That doesn't matter. I mean, th- this guy, you have to give him his due respect every single time that you totally. play him. And one of the big things is you got to jam him at the line. He hates it. He gets so frustrated. It's 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 something you can see on tape when you watch it. Um, so you have to disrupt him. If you let him get a free release, he is going to catch that ball nine times out of ten. So you have to do everything you can to disrupt his timing and really make him uncomfortable so he can't take over the game. And you've seen teams do that to him the last couple of weeks, at least make him uncomfortable, right? And it seems like if he doesn't get going early, he could just take a nap for the game, right? At least production-wise. And that's what you've seen. And I've seen personally as a fantasy football manager on my team the last couple of weeks is him just not doing very much. And obviously the Chargers have a chess piece in Derwin James that obviously matches up very well against him, if anyone does, because obviously he is an elite tight end. And one of the things about him, though, is he's not as physical as you maybe think he is. Like, he's not a good blocker. He's not a, you know, big-time blocker like a George Kittle or some of those other guys. But, like, as far as receiving goes, I mean, there's no, you know, disrespecting the guy's chops there. Like, the guy's the best receiving tight end in the NFL. And it's not particularly close when you look at how consistent he's been over the last few years, just ranking the top 10 in most receiver categories. But the Chargers offense, I think, has a lot – to do in this game, David, because I think there's going to be a point where they're just going to have to keep up and like, they're going to have to, you know, respond. They're going to have to score points. The chargers that haven't really won any, you know, headbanger games, you know, really defensive struggles for the most part this season. So they're going to have to find some ways to score points in this game against a defense that's surging. So we're going to get into the keys for success with the offense coming up after this. But first I need to tell you guys about, I think that's changing daily fantasy. And of course I'm talking about stat hero, which is my number one place to play any kind of daily fantasy football. I love fantasy football in any sense, but sometimes, especially when you're in a season, at this point of the season, I can tell you right now, two of my three teams are not in the playoffs. So that's obviously not a great not great sign of my fantasy, you know, intellect. But also, like, you lose a lot of the, you know, less for the game at that point. So one of the things that you can do is get with Stat Hero. And what makes them so much different than other daily fantasy sites is they're going to show you the team they have And you get to pick the team to beat them, right? For example, they have a big contest going this weekend. If you can pick three quarterbacks that are going to take down Matthew Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tom Brady combined, you're going to win money, right? And you know exactly who you have to be right there. So make sure you guys check out Stat Hero because 
It's a never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid where Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better than what you're going to get on most daily fantasy sites. So right now, guys, go make sure you check out Stat Hero right now, and they're even going to give you some free money to play with because if you guys sign up right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on, you can get a 100% deposit match at stathero.com slash locked on with the promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on, terms and conditions apply. All right, David, now it's time to kick things off offensively. And obviously the Chargers have, you know, the golden child, Justin Herbert at the helm. So there's some chances that they can have a special game on any given Sunday, right? Against any team for the most part, except for Bill Belichick at this point in his career. But he's already done it against this Kansas City defense multiple times. And yes, guys go in and out, but they're obviously going to be missing Chris Jones, which we'll talk about a little bit in the next segment. There's ways the Chargers can have success. And like I said in the last segment, they're going to have to score points. Like there's going to be a time where like they can't go in a lull. They can't, you know, go a few drives without points. They're going to have to keep up at a certain point in this game, at least the way I'm kind of feeling about it right now. So where do you want to start now with your keys for success offensively? Well, unfortunately, Rashawn Slater is not going to be out there for the Chargers. We know that at this point in time. So Keenan Allen me- will, which is also something we haven't talked about since the last time we talked. Thanks a lot. Lock- no, I guess, you know, the Chiefs, I mean, we probably should apologize for that too, not having the crossover that was something obviously we feel bad about. We had every intention of doing it, having it out on Wednesday morning, right? And it just didn't work out. Tried to get it rescheduled Wednesday afternoon. It didn't work out. But Rashawn Slater out, Keenan Allen in. Those are a couple of things we haven't been able to talk about. But we appreciate all you guys you know, reaching out to us about the show and also just for your patience and everything else. Yeah, no question. And as far as Keenan Allen being back, one of the keys for me is have a good protection plan. And part of that protection plan is getting the ball out of – Justin Herbert's hands very quickly. And, you know, one of the guys who has beat man coverage more than anyone in the NFL, according to PFF, is Keenan Allen. He has 33 man coverage snaps, uh, and he's won all of those. So, I mean, he, he's won 32 of those, excuse me. So he's very, very good against man coverage. He can get open very quickly. He doesn't need a lot of space. He doesn't need a lot of time. He can get the ball in his hands and go get some yards for you. Also, you want to utilize the screen game. You want to chip. You want to help bring in some tight ends on the left side. Help Trey Pipkins out because you know what you've seen from him up to this point. Now, the coaching staff, I mean, obviously it's very new. It's brand new to the Chargers, so we don't know what they've been doing with Trey Pipkins behind the scenes. We just only know what we've seen up to this point. And what we've seen up to this point warrants them helping as much as they can so Justin Herbert can stay upright and make the throws that he needs to make. Yeah, just don't help him by having Donald Parham or Jared Cook over there because those two dudes in Put the rookie over there. Yeah, if you're going to you know keep somebody in to be a blocker as far as a tight end instead of sending them out to be a target, Trey McKitty's nice. I mean, Steven Anderson I'd be good with as well. But we've seen those plans backfire. And that's the thing about missing Rashawn Slater. It's not just obviously protecting Justin Herbert's blind side in a very general sense, but it's the things that that – may affect your offense by doing right. Not being able to set up some deep shots because you're afraid that Trey Pipkins is going to get beat, right? And Justin Herbert could get clobbered from behind. Like we've seen the Chargers offense be explosive, but at least to some extent that was set up by average protection, right? To get to the, let your receivers get to those spots downfield. And that's something you might not have since you're missing Rashawn Slater, which is crazy because the dude just been so good that it's such a big loss. So obvious of a loss. And with Trey Pipkins, I think the tough thing is like, when I saw him this year in preseason, it was probably the worst version of Trey Pipkins I've ever seen. And that's the scary thing because he's a dude that came from a very small school, right? That 
nobody thought was going to be picked in the third round. It was considered a reach by the Chargers, and it was all about talent, upside, developing, and things like that. And you're not seeing a steady improvement. You're seeing someone that's playing worse, and that's the hard thing. They feel good about it. They don't really have a lot of choices, so they kind of have – they can't really tear them down at that point. But I do like that. I mean, hammer the short passing game to set up the shots. I like that a lot. Keenan Allen is great there. The Chargers have a good short passing game, and they're going to start to start biting on things, right? I mean, they're going to start trying to jump things with Justin Herbert, trying – you know, thinking he's locking on on Keenan Allen, and that's how we've seen some blown coverages, you know, with Mike Williams getting 50-plus yard touchdowns. That's usually how it starts. You're hammering that short game. Then they start trying to jump it. Now you're hitting him over the top. And I think well, that's and Mike Williams big. against the Chiefs. Hello, this guy loves playing against the Chiefs. <laughs> so you got to get the ball to that guy early and often and, and really get him comfortable, get him in a rhythm. And like great things are going to happen when he's confident and he's out there making plays. That's the best version of Mike Williams. And he always shows up against the Chiefs. He does. And I mean, I think he'll have to have a good game, too. But I do think that, like I've said a little bit before, like Herbert has to be special. In yeah. this game, I mean, he can't have any bad turnovers for you know, and have them have a great chance. I mean, he has to create and make those plays out of structure, like Patrick Mahomes has to do, because you're not going to be able to sit back potentially and sit behind that offensive line. So he's going to have to really manufacture some of those special plays, I think, on his own. And I think just finishing drives with touchdowns for him. I mean, a lot of that's going to be a couple of throws that he's going to have the opportunity in tight windows where he's going to make them or he's going to miss them, and they might have to settle for a field goal or they go for it on fourth down. Maybe they get it, maybe they don't, right? So I do think it's going to come down to some of those moments. But I do think the biggest thing for me, David, is taking the best punch and responding. Because I do think yeah. that at some point in this game, the Chiefs are going to smack the Chargers defense in the mouth. And if the Chargers offense goes three possessions without scoring during that, it's going to lead to you know a 10-plus point win for the Chiefs. So I think it's a huge part of this for the Chargers to take that punch, and they have to be able to come back and respond offensively. Yeah, and I mean, and part of, of, of doing that is being who you are. Throw the ball down the football field. Justin Herbert yeah. is one of the best quarterbacks in the league throwing the ball 20 yards or more down the field. He's second in yards per attempt, completion rate, and passer rating, according to PFF. He's phenomenal when he gets those opportunities. So don't be afraid to do what you've done all year long. That is part of your identity. Throw the ball down the field. Also, there's some opportunities to run uh, for Herbert against this defense. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, all those guys have had a lot of success running against this Chiefs defense. So if it's not open and, and you have a running lane, go take off because that's a way for you to possess the ball and stay on the football field and eventually punch it in the end zone and score those touchdowns. Yeah, of course. I mean, and just running the football in general would be nice too, right? Especially yeah. in a game like this. It'd be nice if Herbert didn't have to do it by himself, right? It'd be nice if they could have a well-rounded output because not only is that going to help out Justin Herbert and slow down the pass rush, first of all, right? The other thing that does is it keeps your defense off the field a little bit more, right? right? If you're going three and out or touchdown drive, I mean, that's still obviously great if you're doing it enough, but if it's keeping the defense on the field a lot against that offense, it's going to be hard to do for four quarters, right, before it turns into a track meet. And I think that's just something that the Chargers – and Justin Herbert specifically, are going to need some help. Like, you're going to need somebody to have some nice runs and at least have that be a competent part of your offense in this one. You know, keep the time of possession on your side. Shorten the times that Patrick Mahomes is getting out on the field. And I think it's just there's going to be opportunities, too, for the Chargers where they're just going to have to take advantage of some situations that the Chiefs might put themselves in. But I agree with you. I mean, you don't want the offensive line to be the story of this game. If we're talking about the offensive line after this game, that's the main story. That's not going to be a good thing. 
if, if Herbert's not as special in this game, if he's not great, you feel like it's probably not going to end up being a good thing. And that's just the thing. The Chargers fully healthy, not fully healthy, but healthier than they've been this week. It's still a tough game. And that's what I've been trying to tell people this week. It's like it, with or without Rashawn Slater, it was going to be tough, right? The margin for error is very, very slim. So if you're turning the ball over, if you're having disaster plays on special teams, on offense or defense, it's going to be hard to do this one. Like it's hard, going to be hard to win this game if you're the Chargers because the Chiefs are a good team and they've been a different team the last six weeks. Bad teams or not, the Chargers are going to have to go out there and smack them in the mouth and they're going to have to respond when things aren't going their way. And that's really what's decided a lot of Chargers games, how they've really handled adversity in the middle of the game. And I think they're going to be in a spot to have to do that again. But we do have one more segment to get into with some big names to talk about. I mean, Derwin James, Austin Eckler, Asante Samuel Jr. Are those guys important for a Chargers win? I would say so. But so is Chris Jones for the Chiefs, and he is not going to be out there. So we're going to get into that in our bold and game predictions coming up right after this. But first, I also need to tell you guys about my favorite pair of socks. I'm always glad when I get to talk about it because, of course, I'm talking about my stance socks. And I said yesterday or the last show that it's the one gift as far as socks that you're allowed to actually get someone for Christmas. Like every kid has grown up hating socks for Christmas. You know, you get socks, you get underwear, and you're very, very upset about it. And especially for me, uh, my birthday is actually as I'm recording this today. But one of the things I get a lot of Birthmas presents, like you get regular socks for Birthmas. I mean, that's not something you want. But if you get a pair of Stance socks or the new Stance underwear, now you're in business. And what I love about Stance is just they have so many great things. I mean, I, I just saw the day the Sex Panther socks from Anchorman they have on there. 60% of the time, they work every time. And then it's not just that. Like you're making a statement with your clothing, which is always cool, especially when you're kind of representing something that is close to your heart, movies, shows, sporting teams, Padre socks I have from Stance as well. But when you put them on and they're actually so comfortable that you use them just when you're sitting at your house, I mean, that's when you know you have a great product. And that's the thing that's kind of set Stance apart for me is just how good they feel once you actually get them on, whether it's the activewear, whether it's the underwear, whether it's the socks, like as good as they look, they're more comfortable even than that. And I get so upset with myself when I'm sitting at my house and my feet are cold and I have to put my Stance socks on and they look so cool, but nobody gets to see them. But I can't take them off because they're also my, you know, one of my warmest pairs of socks as well. So Stance will put you in a tricky position there because you're just not going to want to take them off. And with Stance, you're going to get the best, most creative designs, whether you're looking at Disney, Marvel, all the biggest brands and, you know, different things that you like as far as pop culture, movies, TV, music. You're going to find them with Stance. And right now, guys, we can even give you guys our special offer since you guys listen to this podcast. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. So those who feel good, do good. Go see it for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase using the promo code locked on all caps, one word at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. I also need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And it's bowl season, guys. That means there's college football bowls all week, every week. So many games to bet on. We have NFL on Saturdays now. You guys hear about this? NFL games on Saturday, you know, everything you're missing from college football when they're not giving you a full slate, you're going to make up for with Saturday NFL games. That means we get Monday, Thursday, you know, like tonight's game, Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) I mean, that's the best time of the year and it's the best time to bet. The best place to bet on all of your college and pro football action is that bet online because that is the number one place to find the best lines, odds and props that you're going to find. You can even create your own player props which is a game changer, especially if you have a really good feeling or you're listening to the Locked On Chargers podcast and they're like, hey, Donald Parham's going to go off in this one. So you can do that at Bet Online, which really sets them apart. Make sure you head to the new 
updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and you guys can receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKDOWN. To receive that bonus, promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, for house money to bet with. Bet a little, win a lot. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers that they have available for the 2021 season at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David, well, now it's time to get into the injury report, which I guess depending on how you're looking at it, is really good or really bad for the Chargers, right? Because it was great to see some guys back at practice. Derwin James back at practice. Austin Eckler back at practice. Alohi Gilman, I swear that dude hasn't practiced in a month. He's back at practice. And Asante Samuel Jr., who we were talking about before the show, like, is he off the concussion protocol? Is he not? Like, we just don't know at this point. But he's out there. And the last time he was out there limited practicing, that's right before he ended up playing. So that's the crazy thing about this, David. It's like, hey, I give you that list of names specifically, especially since you know Rashawn Slater's out. It's like, you think that's going to make a you know deciding factor in this game? And that's the problem is, we don't know, even if, you know, we feel like these guys could play, if they're obviously trending in the right direction, that's going to be a huge factor in who wins this game, I think. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. has been your best corner this entire season. I think that's uh, unquestionable at this point in time, although I like the way Michael Davis is trending, and I like the the play of Chris Harris Jr. the last and couple of And now imagine games. having all of them, because it's like yes. when Asante was there, it's like those other two dudes were struggling, right? So like yes. having those three dudes potentially peaking at the same time would be something special. That would be beautiful. And then having, hopefully, having Derwin James on the back end and just everywhere on the football field, right? Because And is your Adderley. Like they, that's yeah. your, your main five dudes right there together, which has almost never happened this season. Right. So to have all those guys potentially on the football field uh, tonight uh, or not having them would have a right. huge impact on this game. I mean, uh, obviously, we have no inside information. It's just my gut feeling. I do feel like these guys are going to play, uh, but we have to wait and, and find out. I'm sure uh, you know we'll find out about an hour before game time when they release those active and active lists. But uh, if they so don't just be play, clear, though, you're saying you think Eckler and Derwin and Asante are all going to play. I have I, I I feel like they're going to play. Yes, okay. I mean how much how much they're going to play? I don't know at this point. And again, I don't know for sure that they're going to play. This is just my gut feeling. I want to be very clear about that. But if they are able to go out there and play all of those guys, I feel much much better about the Chargers' chances in this game. And that's the thing is like if all of those guys do play, it doesn't guarantee the Chargers a win. You know, no. by any means. But does it raise their chances dramatically? Hell Potentially, yes. yeah. You know, like I I think so at least in my own opinion, but that's the hard thing is I think the other thing that's kind of, you know, muddying these waters is just the fact that it's a Thursday night football game. And like, we yeah. all know how much players don't like Thursday night football games. The chance for injuries statistically on Thursday night football have been worse than regular games on Sunday. Right? It's tough to get your body ready after six days, let in alone thing, yeah. having three. It's just, that's really, really tough playing this game at the highest level. The other thing is, is that we saw one of the guys leave last game and not go back in, even though Staley said he could have gone back in potentially Austin Eckler with the ankle. That makes you feel pretty good about it, right? Derwin James did not play in the last game. That's what makes it a little unsure. He hasn't practiced fully since then. Asante Samuel Jr. hasn't played in the last three games. So that's what makes it hard. Okay, are you just going to throw this dude out there? He's been a limited participant, right? He obviously probably has a lot to do with his conditioning and other things like that. If he's been able to keep those up. But it's not a head. I mean, it's not a you know a physical injury as far as like a pulled hamstring or something for head. It's his, so if it's he does different. play, he should feel very fresh. Correct. That's the thing is he shouldn't have any limitations physically if he is able to go. But 
as much as it sucks, and I mean, Chargers fans, I know we all lamented on social media when we found out that Rashawn Slater was going to be out. But Ugh. I think, you know, Chiefs fans are probably feeling the same way, David, when you find out that Chris Jones isn't going to be out there because, Hell dude, yeah. is an absolute menace. I mean, to me, I love Tyron Matthew, too. I think they're both great players. But to me, I mean, Chris Jones is the most unique and the best defensive player that the Chiefs have, in my opinion. And he's going to be out for this game because of being on the COVID list. They're also not going to have LeJarius Sneed. They're also not going to have Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker in this game. So as much as it sucks not have Rashawn Slater, David, that is a huge factor as well, not having Chris Jones trying to hunt down Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah. Chris Jones is by far their best pass rusher, and I would like to say probably their best run stopper as well. I mean, in, in the middle, he just has a gigantic presence, and he moves way quicker than a man that size should move. It's very scary. I mean, that's why that guy is so dangerous because – I mean, he can really whip guys in front of him. He can win with speed. He can win with power. He, he He's a rare, rare athlete in the middle of that defense. So for him not to be out there is absolutely massive. I mean, he's not on the corners, right? You probably have, uh, you know, Melvin Ingram and Frank Clark out on the edges. You, you got Corey Lindsley and Matt Filer in the middle. So you feel pretty good about that, but they can move that guy around too. I mean, it's just not having, just not having him and then, just having to worry about the guys on the outside, it's a much, much smaller task. I mean, what's worse? You know, Frank Clark on Storm Norton or Chris Jones on Michael Schofield. Right. You know what I mean? So it's a huge loss for them, and I think they're probably going to have to try to manufacture pressure in his absence, which could leave some holes, right? And that could leave some big play opportunities for the Chargers if they're able to pick it up, because that's the other thing when you're missing offensive linemen trying to pick up those blitzes and things like that with a group that doesn't have a ton of chemistry so far this season is something that's really tough, which is why, you know, we felt it hindered the Chargers' chances so much not having Rashawn Slater out there. But, David, it's time to put our money where our mouth is and get into our predictions. So let's start with our bold predictions here. Where do you want to go? I'm going really bold. I'm going Hollywood Justin Herbert, primetime Justin Herbert. He's going to go for 403 touchdowns. I think he's really going to get up for this game. He knows how important this game is. I think he plays his best when the lights are on the brightest and the cameras are showing everybody around the world what Justin Herbert is capable of doing. He's going to go out there and put on a show. The funny thing is, like, Herbert's personality doesn't make you think he'd be, like, the big primetime quarterback that has success every time. Just because he's so even-keeled. Like, it just seems like it doesn't matter to him anyway. Like, he's just having fun playing football. But – I love that, obviously, and I do think even as good as this Chiefs defense has been, I think it is somewhat of a mirage, and I think there's still chances for the Chargers to put up 30 in this game, even without Rashawn Slater if they play their cards right. So I'm going to go offense as well, I think, just because that is I, – I feel better about the Chargers offense than I do about the Chargers defense yeah. against this Chiefs offense. So I'm going to go with – even though Mike Williams has been the hero, I'm going to go with Keenan Allen in this one. I just think that he had to miss the last game. I don't know if you like the shine, you know, the guys like Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer and all those other guys were getting without him. That's not to say he doesn't like his teammates, but Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen. And he thinks he's he loves the best wide receiver <laughs> in the world, right? For a reason, yeah. because he is a great, great receiver. And I just think when the Chargers are looking for something in this game specifically, something quick, right? Get the ball out of your hands, picking something up with a blitz and hitting the hot route. That all screams Keenan Allen to me. So I know Justin Herbert has had problems, you know, locking on him at times, but when you're throwing in Keenan Allen's direction, it's almost always a good thing. So I'm going to say Keenan Allen in this game, 13 catches, 155 yards, and a touchdown in this I one. I just think that hammer Herbert to Keenan Allen, and you know I think that'll lead to some success for your offense. Pick up some first downs, 
maybe alleviate some of that pressure just by getting the ball out of your hands quick. But David, now comes the much harder part because now we have to pick who's going to win this game with this situation being what it is and all of the circumstances that are surrounding this game and the uncertainty that's surrounding this game as far as who is going to play. So I'll make you go first. Who do you think is going to win this one? This game is so important. The, the magnitude of this game cannot really be quantified because if the Chargers win this game, they probably will win the AFC West for the first time since, what, 2009? It's yeah. been a very, very, very long time. There's a lot of players that are on the fence. We don't know if they're going to play. I'm going to put it out there and say I think they are going to play, and I have a lot of faith and trust in Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert, and I am going to pick the Chargers to win no this way. game 34-31. to 31. Wow. Even as the homer, I'm surprised. Mm, I mean, mic drop. I mean, that's probably my own insecurities being kind of reflected onto you as well, just because I don't feel good about this game. And I'm like, how can anyone feel good about this game? You know, so I, I respect you going out there and doing it. And these, for some reason, these are the games the Chargers come through on, right? These are the games that the Chargers end up finding a way to win when anyone is doubting them or everyone, I should say, is everyone. doubting them like the Bengals game like the Packers game from a couple of years ago. They have a game like this every season that they're not supposed to win and they go out there and win. And they do better historically against teams they're not supposed to do good against against, you know, as opposed to the bad, bad teams that they should go out there and destroy, right? So mm, it's hard because I could see this game turning into a blowout for the Chiefs if things win a certain way, right? If you have a sure. couple of mistakes early, if things kind of get out of hand. But for the most part, the Chargers have played in such close games throughout the season. So I'm going to say in this game, I don't have the confidence the Chargers can do. I mean, I'm more uncertain about the players they're going to play. I know you have a good feeling about it. I think they can absolutely pull it off. I just, for me, I think the Chiefs are hot, and I think this is just going to be such a tall task with Trey Pipkins being in at left tackle without Rashawn Slater, being on a short week with the things that you're having to deal with, and the Chiefs are dealing with things as well. There's no excuses. But it would have been a tight game regardless. With everybody, if they had Chris Jones, if the Chargers had Rashawn Slater, it was going to be a close, close matchup in my opinion anyways. But I'm going to say the Chargers fall short and we'll have to do some cleaning up towards the end of the season and have to try to go on a run, potentially win out. I'm going to say the Chargers losing this one 33-24. to 24. I think the Chargers hang in and I think that they kind of gets away from them late. I think things, you know, maybe something special teams, maybe a missed field goal kind of keeps it out of contention. I think it's going to be something like that. I think the Chargers are going to fight. I think they play hard for their coach and everything like that. But I just think they fall short. And I think, you know, they still feel like, hey, we can beat this team, you know, even if they lose or win. I think they still have a chance to win out the rest of the season, even if things don't go their way. But, hey, last time I picked them to lose, it was against the Cincinnati Bengals. And what did they do? Prove us wrong. And that would be great. If the Chargers want to go out there and pull off something special, I am all here for it. Because Please. guess what? We'll be back with you guys tomorrow talking about it either way. So make it easy on us. Get a big giant W. You guys will be hearing from us right after the game tonight, after we record the podcast and get it out to you guys on YouTube, wherever you know, on the new Locked on Chargers YouTube channel. So make sure you go subscribe there. And also wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the TuneIn app, the Odyssey app, or wherever. Make sure to rate and review there as well. But you can do it. Justin Herbert, hey, you got this. You know, I don't. I didn't say you were going to do it. But the Chargers absolutely have a chance in this one. And it would be such a special, such a fun win. Oh, yeah. 
to talk about if the Chargers could do it. Like thinking about it now, like what the show is going to be like if and when the Chargers pull this thing off and they have a chance to do something special and they have a flair for the dramatic if we know anything about the Chargers. So we'll see if they can come through late and, you know, put the finishing touches on sweeping the Kansas City Chiefs, which sounds weird even coming out of my mouth. But to make sure you guys don't miss it, miss it, make sure to check us out in all those places. You can also find us on all social media. The show's Twitter is at LockdownLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. Y'all can also check out the new at LockdownChargers Instagram page and our LockdownChargers Facebook page. But Chargers do get a huge win tonight. Make sure you guys call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line or reactions in disgust as well. If you guys want to keep it short, you can call into 323-524-7924. We're trying to get every Chargers voicemail playing on the show. But make sure you guys tune in tonight because the Chargers could pull something off special and turn this into a very special season heading down the stretch. But we'll be back with you guys later tonight. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.